Today is July 7th. The MLB draft is this Sunday. We're going to talk all about the draft today, finally, and some baseball too. But focusing on the draft, who are we taking? Who knows? It's the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Yins guys, thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. My name is Josh and I am joined by my brother Jake. What's up, Jake? Hi. (laughs) We are recording this while the Pirates and the Dodgers are playing game four of this series. uh, Hoping to split the series two and two as the score is currently in the game. Two to two. Julio Urias has that curveball going tonight. Yeah, the thing is ridiculous. Yep. Um, Oviedo's throwing pretty well, too, after the rocky first inning. Not even real rocky. I mean, he's two-run bomb. Yeah, and it, it seems rocky because, just to let you guys know, like we were just hanging out when we were, you know, on this, kind of talking about the game and what we were about to – get into here and I kind of went off on the pitching a little <laughs> bit as soon as that ball was hit I you know was mad and it, and if you follow us on Twitter you know that I also tweeted our pitching stinks and I was pretty upset we're gonna get into that a little bit tonight just a little bit because we're really gonna focus on talking about the draft coming up on Sunday all-star week is coming up but that kind of gets kicked off with the draft, and you know the Pirates kind of have an important draft pick coming up. A little bit. Um, how, uh, if you were to guess going into this episode, how many times are we going to ADD switch our minds over to the game going on right now? <laughs> <laughs> I feel Probably like we quite a few. we can say whatever we want about it because this isn't live, so right. we can react live and not be worried about. MLB saying, you can't do that. You know what I mean? We can say what we want. Uh Uh-oh, your videos. There you go. It's catching up. All right. Um, Yeah, so we're going to kind of be watching the game while we record tonight. This is what happens late night bucking. You know what I mean? This is just, this is how it happens. Sometimes you have to, we we were going to record earlier uh, and then, you know, got pushed back to now. So at least we'll, we'll have some game updates. Yeah. It's the fifth inning, so likely we'll be finished here before the game's over. But, um, you know, I don't think it really matters. Jason's lay just hit a bomb. Psych. <laughs> no, Jason Hayward catches it. <laughs> um, let's get over some news first. Uh, Jose Hernandez uh, sent on a rehab assignment to Indy on the 4th. So maybe soon. Um, and then a couple... Well, this one, Johan Ramirez recalled and Luis Ortiz sent to Indy. He's got to get right. This is part of the pitching frustration. And before we even get into Ortiz, if we're going to, uh, today, uh, Key Brian Hayes is back. Yeah. And they sent Roanzi to Indy. Um, so let's, let's take a minute here uh, to talk about Luis Ortiz or and or. Rowanzi Contreras right now. Well, Contreras is just lost. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't even know. He's just it completely ineffective right now. Yeah, and it's frustrating because last year, like towards the end of last year, it was this is our next guy. Like he's he's going to be a stud. Man, is it just not been panning out? I don't think the move to the bullpen was the right move for him. I just I. You think the indie move would have should have been earlier? Yeah, yeah. I just think he needs to get himself right. I think, dude, pack it for the season, man. <laughs> Sorry, just go on the IL. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't mind him going out. I mean, he's got to figure it out. He's yeah. got to figure out what it is. I, 
I'm not going to sit here and point to the coaching staff and all these things. Ultimately, the the players have to execute. Yeah, absolutely. And yes, I think there's an element where we need to fix him, and that is what we pay a coaching staff to do when it gets to this point in a in a dude's career. I mean, we got to this point with Mitch Keller, and Oscar Marine and him worked and came up with something, and mm-hmm. it has changed the trajectory of his career. He's yeah. now going to the All-Star game because of that stint. Oh, my goodness gracious. Brian Reynolds lost the ball. And Swinsky was looking at him. I don't know what happened. Did Swinsky lose it too? Because it was closer to him. I don't know. They're just showing them two right now. Here we go. Uh, ADD AD. moment number one. Fly ball lands in the middle of the field where two outfielders could have probably caught it. Oh, yeah. They're not even going to show the replay. Well, this is that time of day that you know you can lose a ball in the in in the sky. They will after the first pitch of this bat. Yeah, Reynolds has no idea where it is. Swinsky doesn't know where it is, but Swinsky really should have been the one. Yeah, but right in front of him. Neither they're looking at each other like I got no clue where this ball's at. Right, crazy. Yeah, that doesn't make kind of hard to outfitter. Just just so you know, what's that? so that doesn't make a bad outfielder. That's just a tough. Yeah, I was about to say break. at least uh, at least in a situation like that, if you got two guys who can't see the ball, at least it's not just like what are you doing out there. That's a pretty. If neither one of them can see it, <laughs> right? I think the. <laughs> I think it's okay. Ah, <sighs> there you go, Nikki G. Nikki G took care of that one. Another one in almost the same spot. That's a little shallow. Okay, so. I mean, let's not get off topic, but Nick Gonzalez playing oh, wow. shortstop, he's just showing up. Mm-hmm. It's been good. Yeah. Anyway. He's, he's been playing a solid defense, and I, and and you, you said off air, you know, maybe the call up, you know, he'll show up when he gets here, and it's exactly what, he, what he's done. Yeah, we might have talked about that in, in one of the episodes, like just saying, you know, I, I didn't know that this was the time. But some guys, when they get in that spot, they just show up. And mm-hmm. right now, that's exactly what he's doing. Yeah. He's not going anywhere. And I got to tell you, this is what we expected to see from Bay and Castro and Marcano even, yep. is to step up and take it. And I think Gonzalez is, I mean, obviously it's very early. Yes. But... He's playing like he wants to be there, like he wants to take something with an yep. urgency. Yep. And I think that's important, and that's what we're missing from some other guys. Now, granted, you're going good. It's easy to look like that. When you're going bad, it's easy to look like you're not. So, right. you know what I mean? We understand how the game goes. I'm not overreacting to to that and, and saying that, you know, oh, of course, when things are going well, you're, it's easy to talk good about somebody. When things are going bad, it's easy to, to knock them. So right. I'm not going to go there necessarily, but but that's the way it looks right now. So back to Rowanzi and Luis Ortiz. Um, yeah, I, I think that the, the, the move to the bullpen for Keller was a big move, and the move for Rowanzi to, uh, to the bullpen didn't quite pan out. I mean, because for Keller, it was right away. Yeah. But for Rowanzi, it's taken some time and it's not going well. Every once in a while, you kind of see a good inning and then it just blows up. But at this point, um, you know, you and I both said before, I mean, it's at the point now where it's losing games. Yeah. And it's hurting the team. And he had, he has to go. And the problem with that is, is that's going to happen on a year when, number one, he should have been one of those guys stepping up. He should have been the number two guy. We, you know, we were counting on that. And it hasn't been there. And then the fact that Brubaker's out, Velasquez is out. We, we, you know, we talked about this uh, yeah. before. Once you start going down the line of all these injuries, and then you start having poor pitching performances as well, it's a recipe for disaster. And this team was equipped to have depth. Yeah. And we're using all of it. Yep. I mean, Mackie wrote this week about Cam Aldred, who I saw start a game, and they've restart like re yeah. I think I'm saying that wrong. They've put him in the starting role again. 
and possibly out of necessity because they didn't have enough starters, but he might be a guy that comes up to start games at some point. I mean, we just sent two pitchers down. I don't, I don't know where you're. I don't know where you're going next. But like Luis Ortiz is supposed to pitch Sunday, so yeah, who's going to do that now? I, I I have no idea. I don't know what their plan is. I don't know what we can expect. But maybe it's Cam Aldred. Maybe maybe they just go with a bullpen game. Could you imagine finishing out a series with a bullpen game? I can't. Uh, that <laughs> you better take the first two. So they're gonna bring they they're gonna bring somebody up to start a game. They have to. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> uh, it's it's a good time for the All Star break to come. Yeah, you know, get these guys. Maybe there is something that Luis Ortiz can figure out in an extended. St- I mean, you sent him down, but I wonder if he doesn't even pitch. Of course, I don't even know. Is Indy playing during the All Star game? They don't. Those don't go together. Does Indy play that week? Because I know there's the Futures game during that. Did he touch that while it was in fair territory? No, it was foul. Number two. All right, let's move on here. We, sure. I think I think it's enough uh, about the pitching. We we understand where it's at. I think everybody's on the same page here. Rough. We got an All Star break coming up. Let's get some guys some rest. Let's see where we're at as far as that kind of stuff go goes, and um. We'll get it squared away, I guess. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know yeah. where else to go with that. Um, anything else from the Dodgers series? I mean, we talked a little bit about Nick Gonzalez. He's had some big hits. Uh, Sawinski with a big home run. I know he struck out to end the game, but when you hit a three-run homer in that game, like you kind of – not that you get a pass for that, but it's kind of hard to knock him when we wouldn't even have been in that situation without him. So Right. And it's, you know – not all on him we have bases loaded and no outs and can't score one run yeah twice you uh, like you know we had the you know you had the you had the deal there that you talked about where reynolds lines out in the seventh with base loaded nobody out in the ninth it was the strikeout by henry davis and and the thing is is like those are two guys that you kind of count on Mm -hmm. but henry davis has been doing so well since he's been here like these things are going to happen yeah, for sure. And it's, he's still it, young. He's still learning. He's and and Brian Reynolds hits that ball ninety eight. It's just a yeah, line drive. Well. And you know what I mean. Like sometimes those. I mean, you're not going to get them all. You can't say like, well, every time there's bases loaded with nobody out. What you'd like to see is you get out and still it be productive. Right. And I think that there still has been there's been some big hits. We started off this game down two nothing. And you get the Sawinski line drive that's misplayed by the left fielder, and all of a sudden you have an opportunity, right? You have to take advantage of those types of things. Granted, Sawinski hit that ball well, way better than what the left fielder thought. I'm blanking on who's playing left tonight. Peralta. Peralta. So then, you know, take advantage of that because Peralta could have played that well and, and, you know what I mean? And it it wouldn't uh, wouldn't have been a double. But then Nick Gonzalez comes right up and hits a double down the line. Tie game. Yeah. So big time hit. And we had several of those. Uh the game Tuesday night was a great game. I mean, just a great game to watch. Back and forth. The lead changes were incredible. Uh just a, an altogether great baseball game. And, you know, good for Buckos fans. We come out on top on one of those games. But ultimately, sure. you know, just trying to trying to look at it that way and see that like it really was a great game both ways, and you like Bednar to see got some calls. Bednar got some calls in the end of that game. Yeah, yeah, he did. And my goodness, I mean, there were some calls all through that game. Uh, there was a call right there that Urias just got. I mean, catchers can get you calls. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, we saw that. We definitely saw that on display. Um. So I don't know, a mixed bag. There's been some missed opportunities, but there's also been some times where they've taken advantage of opportunities. Good pitching's gonna gonna do that too. Yeah. Sometimes a pitcher earns it a little bit. And, you know, sometimes I mean it's hard to hit the ball. So I don't really know. I don't know where I'm yeah. going with that. Um I feel like those you can't twice get up with bases loaded and nobody out and and leave them out there. Right. You can't do it. 
At some point, somebody's got to step up. Yep. All right. So, are we ready for this yet? Or um, I think I'm stalling time. <laughs> Just because you don't want to talk about it. The draft is coming up on Sunday, and we have been very, um, I would say, quiet about yeah. the draft and the way that we kind of are leaning, maybe, right? Yeah. It's 1-1. This is a big move. Let me ask you before we go into the the actual players and, and the decisions that, that are in front of the Pirates, where do you sit with 1-1? With, with drafting number one overall, where do you sit with the importance? Now, we, we were doing this show when Henry Davis... I, I meant to go back and listen to how we handled that and the things that we said, and I didn't get an opportunity to do that. Um, where do you sit with this kind of a with this kind of a decision? I mean, take take the players that are there this year. Take them out of the equation when you answer this, because and I'll give you an example here to to give you like a little bit of a um a little bit of a background of what I'm what I'm asking here. I just got a lot of guys. I've had some conversations with. You can't screw this up. This is really important. The, um, you know, I mean, just things like that where where people are saying you can't miss on a 1-1. You cannot do it. It's unacceptable to do that. Um, where do you stand on, on that sort of comment? Like how important really is this? And is it like, could this be a, a franchise shifting pick? Could this be... Um, maybe, maybe not, or is this, or could this be a, a, could this possibly be a franchise destroying pick? I I don't think in any way, shape or form, it can be a franchise destroying pick. Do I think it could change the franchise for the better? I mean, sure. At any point in time, but it's not the fact that it's one, one. It's the fact that there's some good players out there who are, you hate to say can't miss prospects, but they're as close to can't miss prospects as you can get. And man, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't view a draft ever in baseball as can't miss because you just never know. Yeah. I mean, for the Angels, pick 26 or whatever it was, was a, yes. was a franchise shifting pick. And there's a number of those, right, that we could go right. through and say guys that weren't picked one one were have the potential to be franchise changing draft picks. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I see that that potential. I, just don't, I don't ever see. I just don't ever see a pick destroying. Right, right. Because if they just they, if they don't pan out, they just don't pan out. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of other things that are. Um, that are in the mix there too, uh, where you can where you can kind of say, uh, when you say can't miss, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of guys who have been misses at one one, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know that that's that that's necessarily the end of the world. I mean, we can even point to, um, I'm trying to think here, um, the fact that like. You talk about 1-1. I mean, Ken Griffey Jr. was the first 1-1 to go to the Hall of Fame. Right. And then what, Chipper Jones? Yeah, I think so. I think those are the two. So, of all the years of 1-1, two guys, I mean, I know we're talking Hall of Fame here. Right. And I I just, I I don't know that it's that easy. I mean, you look back, uh, North Shore 9 had, um, uh, what's his name on their show? Jim Callis, mm-hmm. and they kind of made uh, a, a remark and kind of a joke about uh, Brian Bullington, which was a Pirates one-one pick, and they kind of made that statement like a in, in passing, like kind of kind of joking at the fact that like, well, we picked Brian Bullington, that didn't work out, and I thought it was really interesting how he kind of corrected at the point to say, "Hey, but that wasn't a bad pick. He was clearly the one-one." Yeah. Yes, it did not work out. But in the moment, hindsight's twenty twenty. In the moment, that was the right decision and the same decision 
that any other team would have made in that time. And I thought that was really interesting because I was, obviously, we were young. We wouldn't have been paying right. attention to that sort of thing. Not to, not to mention it didn't get the hype that it gets nowadays. Right. Um, so things like that. And, and I thought that's really an interesting take. I think in recent years, 1-1 has become a little more important and a little different. Uh, Henry Davis is a good example of that. And I know that's the Pirates, but they could have picked a high school guy. And they went with the best bat in college baseball. And, I mean, he's turned this thing into, like, he's here now already. He was a 2021 pick. Yeah. And he's here. And you look at the 2020 pick in Spencer Torkelson. Now, he was consensus number one anyway, but he's in the majors. And you look at the 2019 pick, Adley Rutschman. He's in the majors. He was there. Made his debut in 22, just two years after he was, uh, technically, he missed a year because of 2020. So, Right. When you start throwing that sort of thing in, that that makes it a little more difficult. Um, but when you start looking at guys like that, I mean, they're they're showing up soon. I think the last high school pick was Royce Lewis was out of high school, wasn't he? He from Minnesota. He was young. Not sure. I think he was, and so he lost twenty twenty. He was twenty seventeen first overall pick. He lost twenty twenty, and then he came in, and, I, and I'll get to why this is becoming important, and we'll bring this up, but. He came in guns a-blazing, tore his ACL in 21, missed 2020, tore his ACL in 21, tore the same ACL in 22. Granted, he's played 26 games this, games, 26 games this season, hitting 326 with an 827 OPS. But, like, the idea is, like, this guy's dealt with injuries as well and maybe, you know, maybe kind of delayed it. Mickey Moniak, the year before that, was Moniak, Moniak, for the Phillies, that was a big deal. Made his debut in 2020. Just it was four years after because he was a young, a young player. He ended up getting traded because it wasn't working, and now he's working out for for the Angels. Like yeah. he's looking good right now, hitting over 300, nine homers this year. And all of a sudden, this is a one-one pick who's working out to look to be a bomb. And they traded him to get Noah Syndergaard. I wonder if they regret that right now. I wonder. I'll have to ask. I'll have to ask Ryan about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, how do you feel about Mickey Moniak? And I'll be like, oh, don't don't get me started. <laughs> Philly fans can find a negative route to anything, so I'm sure they hate that. Yeah. But you look at some of the other guys in recent years: David Price, Steven Strasburg. You think those were good picks? Well, yeah. At the time, yeah. I mean, do you think those are good picks right now? Do you feel like those were one ones? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for the talent that they possess, it's unfortunate that you know Strasburg's always hurt. Okay, because because that's the talk about one of our guys is it's the best since Strasburg. Yeah, and, and like when Strasburg is on the mound, he's awesome. The problem with him is when he's on the mound. <laughs> okay, so let me ask you this. Um, was Strasburg a franchise impact player, changing player? He was the 2009-1-1. Did he win them a World Series? Yeah, I mean, he won them a World Series. Uh, did he win them a World Series before hitting free agency? Mm, not necessarily. I, no. I can guarantee you no, because in 2010, the 1-1 pick was Bryce Harper for that same team. And is he a franchise-changing player? He did not win them a He did not win them after. a World Series. And he left when he became a free agent. And you're looking at those two guys picked 1-1 back-to-back years, and in the six years that they spent in that franchise, they did not win a World Series. Yeah. So before we get up in arms about who this is, Garrett Cole is worthy of a 1-1. Oh, yeah. He did not make us win a World Series. Now, granted, his best time became after those first five years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that's pretty normal for pitchers. I think you you work your way, and then you really become that great, great pitcher 
once you get to that point of your career. I think pitching does get better with time. Where hitting yeah. sometimes in today's game, they come out swinging. Yeah. And then sometimes sure. they struggle later. Now, that's not... No individual is is not an individual, right? Right. Everybody should be treated different. And we just looked at a bunch of guys. Casey Mize was the 2018 pick. Pitcher, 1-1 to Detroit. And he's kind of had an interesting go at it. He, he made it up to the majors in 2020. In 39 starts in the major leagues, 429 ERA and in 188.2 innings. That's a 100 ERA plus, which means he's a league average pitcher. And he had two starts in 2022. And last June, Tommy Johns, he hasn't pitched yet this year. So that's an, that's an example of a 1-1 who becomes a league average major leaguer, which from a draft pick, you expect it to be a major leaguer. Yeah. And he ends up, at this point, Tommy John, we don't know what that career is going to be, but that's a 1-1 coming out of college. I forget where. I feel like he's an Auburn guy or something like that. Yeah, I'm not sure. But I'm not anyway, good at that stuff. And I know, me neither. It's hard to follow. It is. It is. But I just, I looked this stuff up, right? So I have a little right. bit of a, right. I looked up these players to see, okay, what was their trajectory? And I went back as far as Mickey Moniak, Moniak, Moniak. I'm going to keep messing that up until somebody <laughs> corrects me and you're not going to because you don't know either. <laughs> but 2015 was Dansby Swanson. That's obviously been very good. Yeah. I can't say that he won them a World Series. I mean, look at the loaded talent they've got there. Right, right. Um, the two years before that was Mark Appel and Brady Aiken. And Aiken didn't sign Appel. We know that story. And I, I haven't seen Aiken either. So neither one of those guys are working out. Right. And that's back-to-back pitchers. Before that, it was Carlos Correa. Once again, loaded team. I can't really say that he was the reason they won. I can say that uh, Max Muncy just hit a two-run bomb. Um, so, you know, we've we've gone all the way back to 2007 here. Obviously, excluding last year's 1-1 pick because, come on, it was last year. Right. So, all of that just to set up that the 1-1 pick has the potential to be really special. And it also doesn't necessarily have to be. Bryce Harper is a special player. Yeah. He was in the majors right away as a very young player. Yeah. He probably, if he continues to, to play well, is in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. He certainly has earned a lot of money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Steven Strasburg has been a very good pitcher. The injuries have been a, a, an issue, but a very good pitcher. David Price has had huge moments in his yep. career. World Series moments in his career. Um, and then a lot of those guys are younger, right? But I'm not going too far back because I feel like the game changes over time. So I think that's that's where I made my cutoff. Yeah, was Was David Price. And does did I... Did I convince myself that a pitcher or a hitter is a better move by looking at history? I haven't yet. Right. Because I looked at Dansby and Correa who who came into loaded teams. I can't say that they were hands down the reason. I talked about Bryce Harper and Steven Strasburg, pitcher and hitter, and Garrett Cole even, who were very good. Garrett Cole and Steven Strasburg. I mean, I'm not going to give Steven Strasburg that much of a nod over Garrett Cole. And right. Strasburg was a bigger prospect than Cole, and so is Paul Skeens. Now as we start to talk about names, it's it's a bigger deal than Garrett Cole was. Yeah. And yet, Garrett Cole's had the same career, I mean, the same, he hasn't quite got to that World Series. Oh, yeah, he did. He won in, with Houston, didn't he? Mm -hmm. Did they win it when he was there? Yeah. Okay. Are you sure? Man, why am I why am I questioning that? I don't think he was there for a World Series. He was in Houston in 2018 and 2019. Did they win it that year? Oh. They won in 2017. 2017. They did not win. They lost the World Series in 2019. 
2018, they lost to the Red Sox in the championship. So he hasn't even got that ring yet. So not quite Strasburg, if you want to count rings as um, as part of it. Not yeah. quite the career of Strasburg. Um, he hasn't got the Cy Young yet either, has he? Did he just get one? No. Did he no, win that he one? Lost it to Verlander, his teammate. No, I mean the one... He was close last year, too. No, he lost yeah. it last year to... Uh, Chicago. Yeah. Uh, he was not even Rodon. close. He was not close. Boy. Oh, because he... He missed some games. Yeah, he was number two in 2019. Number four in 2015, but... Yeah, and number two in his first year. That's what it was. His first year in New York, he was runner-up as well. To uh, Robbie Ray. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, But I don't, I don't think Strasburg has one either. So either way. No, I doubt it. Either way. I'm not looking it up because I feel like we're wasting time. The point is, is like, I don't think that this is necessarily something. I think it's going to be, it's going to be big, but like, we're looking, how many MVPs have we, have we named out? How many Cy Young Awards have we named out in this list? I mean, we're all, we only went back to 20, 20, 2007, but I think Price has one. Yeah. D- Correa doesn't have an MVP, does he? Did he get an MVP? I don't think so. I don't think so. Dansby certainly hasn't. Garrett Cole and Strasburg without that. Bryce Harper's won a couple. Couple. I think he's won. I think he's won a couple. So either way, these are the one ones. And this is what we're looking at right now. Do I think Rutschman, I think he probably has a chance to someday. Um, you know, anybody after that is it's too early to tell. Um it could be big, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. World Series MVP type stuff. And you might get something different. Oh, no. I think we lost Jake. All right. Jake is out. I am going to pause so we can bring him back. And we're going to get into our picks, who we think the Pirates might pick. We'll be right back. And we're back here on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Sorry about that. Short delay. Um, Lost Jake for a second. What happened? I'm getting pounded with a storm right now. Oh, okay. Pounded. Okay, so it might happen again. Do- I'm hoping my doggy door's in, going to be honest. All right. Okay, so we talked about the importance of the 1-1 pick and, and, and whatever. Let's, let's talk players now. There are five players at the top of this board. Um, I've got four of them that I'd like to talk about. Uh, I, the fifth, I will leave off. I didn't get to, to look very much into it. If you want to bring it up, you can. But we're going to say we've got the two LSU guys, Dylan Cruz, Paul Skeens. We've got Wyatt Langford at Florida. Those are your college guys. And then the the kid from Indiana, Max Clark. And then the other was the the fifth, and I can't even think of his name right now. Nah, can't either. So you're kind of the same as me. You looked at the same yeah. four players, basically. Yeah. I think if you go high school, you go Max Clark, and that's why that's all the further I've looked. So... Yeah. So let's get into this. Um, let, let's try to, as, as quickly as we can, let's make a case for each guy. As if that's the guy that you like and you think they should draft. Let's make a case for each guy. I'll give you a shot and I'll piggyback off what you say. But let's start with Dylan Cruz. I mean, he's a five-tool center fielder. He's he's going to be dynamic. He's going to be able to hit you for average and power. He's going to be able to run bags. He's going to be able to... I mean, he's, he's he's got all the tools. He's got all the tools. He's been the guy at the top of the board for a long time. I think sometimes, if I'm, I'm making a case for him, right? So yep. I think sometimes when a guy's been at the top for that long, we have a little bit of fatigue, prospect fatigue, and we start to say, well, let's get somebody else up there. We've been talking about him long enough. And that's the only reason he's moved off of number one. He's your number one guy. The power's there, not quite as much as maybe another guy, but the hit tool's so good, you, you'll, you'll be okay with that. Right. He's your number one also, guy. Also, you look at a guy who's, you, this guy's our number one overall. This guy's the number one overall. And he still goes out there and performs like he's the number one overall. He shows up with he all of that up, in his face. Yeah, yeah. All right. So let's flip the script a little bit. And now the two of us think that 100% Paul Skeens is the draft pick. Let's make a case for it. Yeah, why wouldn't you? This is a generational talent. His mechanics are flawless. You know, he's he's a big-bodied guy who's 
doesn't seem like the guy that's going to be injured all the time. He seems like he's going to be able to hold up and withstand a lot of a big workload. This is your guy. You know, he's going to throw you strikes. He's going to make bats miss, you know. Uh, You know, you hear the argument all the time that where else are the Pirates going to get a starter like this? You're never going to compete in free agency to get a guy that could could be as special as this. It's just not going to happen. You drafted Garrett Cole in this very spot. He was great. You're going to have to do the same thing here. It doesn't matter if you get Dylan Cruz or Paul Skeens. You're not re-signing either one of them. So go after the one. If you're scared of re-signing Paul Skeens, don't be. You're not going to re-sign him anyway. He's going to be here for five and a half years, and then he's going to move on. And that's the way it is. Maybe if you're in a a World Series push, he's here for the full six. But you're not bringing him back after that. That's just the truth. But you have to get what you can get out of those first six years. Not to mention, the guy hasn't had a huge workload. Yes, he threw a lot of pitches. He throws once a week. He didn't have that workload at Air Force the two years before that. He was a two-way player who proves he was an athlete because he could hit. Yeah, Double digits in wins and home runs. He goes to be a pitcher only and takes his game to that next level, which is where he's at now. Everybody talks about the fact that he could be good enough to be there right now. You look at the at the at the pitching prospects that we have, he's likely better than those guys are already. Yeah. Now, I don't think the Pirates will move him that quick, but you talk about next year this guy's going to be here. Draft him number 1, he's your guy. Yeah. <laughs> I love how we're just jumping into that. Let's do Wyatt Langford. And I'll go ahead and start with this one. If you want power that you're not going to get from Dylan Cruz, this is the guy that'll get it for you. Even if he doesn't stick in center field, he's a corner outfield and a great one. And he's going to bring the power that this lineup actually needs. We can hit at times, but what we're missing in this lineup is power. And specifically from the right side. We've got lefty power. I want that power from the right side. Let's get Wyatt Langford in here, save a couple bucks so that we can maybe push to get a guy who fell and and get him in. We've got a lot of money to spend, and getting Wyatt Langford might be a really smart way uh, to spend that money and still get power any other year he's won one. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're talking about a guy who's going to hit the ball country mile. You know, the power is not there from anybody else in the draft. And that's, like you said, that's what we're lacking in Pittsburgh. That's what we lack in our organization as a whole. So why not? Why not go for the power 1-1? And I'll make a case for the last one to be Max Clark. You got all these college bats. Once again, Max Clark, I, I I can't stress that it is important. We've got a lot of money to spend. It could be very important and strategic, especially in a year like this. Because in any other year, Max Clark is your 1-1 pick. There's no question about it. And he's going to go for full slot. The only reason that you might be able to save money on him is because you got Dylan Cruz and Paul Skeens, who people think are going number one. And Max Clark would be your 1-1 in any other year. Take advantage of this deep pull. Get the high school guy who looks to be this dude is special. Yeah. He's a he's a long ways off because he's a high school player, but him and Termar Johnson can come up together and be that next wave of prospects. It's not just about a window. If we could get this guy, we could be talking about when some guys are moving out, we got two guys coming in. Yeah, and and, and that's and that's what you're looking at building here. That's what you're looking at other franchises, and that's what they're doing. They're building for the long term. And the long term isn't just yeah, let's get this guy, like you said, piggyback on somebody else. Now you got multiple guys that age. You got multiple guys coming through at the same time. That's how you build a winning organization that is sustainable when you're a small market. So do the smart thing. Take the young guy. Let's extend our window instead of keeping our window focusing on the short term. Like our window doesn't have to be a four or five year window. We can make this window a 15 year window. If we keep drafting people and and progressing them through together out with the, you know, current and influx of new guys that are just as talented. You're not, you're not having those down years. You're, 
you're spreading your organization out instead of bundling all, all together through these drafts. Yeah, it's it's the argument of window versus waves, um, you know, that we've heard and, and Sherrington's kind of talked about that. You don't talk about necessarily creating a window to win, but waves of prospects and waves of talent. And, you know, that, that kind of gives you that. We're not going to just open a window and then sell everything to get to win that time and then uh, and then deplete everything and start over. Instead, you want to continue to bring it in. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> um, just uh, number three, uh, drama right now. Jack Sawinski, Jack Sawinski struck out. Andy Haynes must have said something, and they just showed a clip of Kershaw going, throw him out, throw him out. Andy <laughs> Haynes gets thrown out of this game and just comes out charging. Uh, oh, wow. Good move. I like it when coaches are going to stand up for their players who Sawinski did not like that call either. Yeah. He did not like that call. I'm going to go back and look at it now and see if that was a bad call against Sawinski. Looks like three change-ups, four change-ups, a ball. Oh, the last one was looks like a strike. He didn't like it, but it looks like a strike. Maybe he was mad about the other one. No, because those are swinging strikes. Interesting. All right. I turned mine off to free up some internet space. Not going to. Oh, that's a good call. That's a good call. <laughs> anyway, I like to see uh, Andy Haynes go out there and, and fight for his guy. Yeah. Shelton yeah. had to pull him out. And then Shelton gave him an earful to stand up for his coach. <laughs> so yeah, I'm about yeah. it. I'm about it. Yeah. All right. So we broke it down. We made a case for those four guys. Mm-hmm. Man, I wish I could think of that other dude. I'm going to get his name real quick just because I know I can. Because there's the five at the top that that, that they that basically what everybody's been saying is you can't go wrong. Yeah. That there's five legit guys. And Sherrington is already, so Walker Jenkins is his name. And it's two more outfielders. You're getting an outfielder or a pitcher. One, one. Sure. There's yeah. no doubt. Walker Jenkins, I think, is like big dude, massive power. Um. Max Clark, uh, f- from what I've heard, is all-around best player, like, in the draft. Yeah. But still has something to prove, uh, you know, a- apparently. Well, yeah, I mean, he's he's playing against high schoolers. Yeah, he's young. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's ever been a, a 1-1 from Indiana. I think I read oh, somewhere. Okay. I, don't, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, that could have been... That could have been not right. So we made a case for all of them. I see where he didn't like that call. That's a great pitch. It's low. It, it definitely looks low when they show the replay. Um, so we made a case. Do you... Let, let's just go for this. I don't, I'm not sure I'm even decided, and especially after we just went through that. Do you have one? I'm, I'm more undecided now than I was before this podcast started. Yeah. I think it's that's just, the way it's been for a lot of people. When you get down to nuts and bolts and you start thinking about it, it makes it harder. Who were you before? I am I am not envious having to make this decision. Like I would rather have the third or fourth pick in this draft with this pool and just be like, whoever falls to me, I'll take. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's makes a good point. That's a good point. But I think I think the more we talk about it. The more, and after watching some more videos and stuff this evening, like, I'd be hard-pressed not to pick Max Clark. Really? And and let him come up with Tamar, that next wave. Because we do have a lot of guys that are close right now. And you're talking, I mean, for, like, Dylan Cruz is a stud. He's good. One thing we don't have on those close, one thing we don't have on those close guys is a center fielder. You're right. You are right. You know, and if we pick him, I'm gonna be super excited. Yep. I'm like, all right, let's go. But you can't, and and so you're talking. Dylan Cruz, D- Dylan Cruz gets drafted, then he's coming to this team in 25. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like that's just the way it's gonna go. You're gonna work yeah. him into some rookie ball. He probably jumps quickly to to high A like Henry Davis, and then he spends a year in starting with high A, moving up to double A possibly even making it as far as triple a but that's unlikely because of the way the pirates do things they'll start him off in double a move him up to triple a or start him off in triple a and when super two's over he'll be here in 25 let's get real i'm not i'm not trying to 
Oh, right. Wish right. I'm not I'm not going to act like oh no they'll be better about it he'll make the opening day roster maybe he does maybe if we're good enough in 24 he makes the opening day roster in 25 um but you know right we're just right. we're just talking here and chances are he's here at least after the the service time yeah even if it's not super two it's it, he's here after service time if we're a really good team April 16th he's on the team. You know what I mean? And he yeah. shows up and we have a center fielder and Jack can move to a corner and whatever else is working out. Yeah. I mean, if Jack lasts that long, I don't, I don't know what, you know, the future holds right now, but, and that might depend. Maybe they go out in free agency and, and, and get a, a, a center fielder who can handle center field. Maybe not the type of bat that Cruz is, but can get us through 24 with a solid center fielder. Yeah, and I, I I'm not gonna think of a comp. It's not worth my time right now, but you get the idea. <laughs> yeah. So and Skeens, I I don't I don't I don't even see Skeens pitching the rest of the season, the rest of this year. So I don't think like I know there's been people have said, hey, you know, you pick Skeens, he's here by the end of the year. I don't I don't see that happening. I I don't see them even you know he might throw a game or two in rookie ball or something. But yeah, I think they'll work him into some games, but. But like, I mean, I, I'm watching some guys on MLB Network, and they're saying they'll—he's probably not going to pitch this year at all. It, they're just it's possible. They're just going to just wait till next year and and get him going because he did have a big workload in, mm -hmm. at LSU. Yeah, and they said with that workload that you know they they expect that he probably won't even pitch the rest of the year. Maybe pitching winter ball or something like that. Yeah, but. So I think I think if you if you want if you want them to pick Skeens because you think he's going to be here by the end of the year, I I don't see that. Yeah, that's a good I don't point. See that as an option. That's the wrong reason. Yeah, you don't want him here. That or if this team is in it, I could see a better case. If he's even throwing though, well, that's what I'm saying though. Let's say let's say he's going to throw a little bit at the end of the year. If this team is in it, I could see you bringing him up. To pitch out of the bullpen in a like a in David a, Price like situation. a David Price situation. You know what I'm saying? Like that yeah. would be the extent of it. Yeah. And I honestly I don't see that happening. I don't either. I don't I don't think that's in the cards right now. So what you know, however, you could you could still be skeins without that. Yeah. A hundred percent. You could still be skeins without that. But yeah, if that's your reason for skeins, that's a bad reason. <laughs> right. And if and, and if, if we pick Skeens, I'm going to be super excited about it. Yeah, and if if your reason not to pick Cruz is Scott Boris, that's also a really bad reason not to pick him. You're yeah. not going to sign Cruz to an extension, Scott Boris or not. Right. It's it's likely it's not going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. I and I I, I hate thinking of that, and maybe there is a chance it does, but the ch there's a there's a better chance it doesn't. There's a better chance he goes to free agency before this thing's done. Yeah. There's a better chance of that. Uh, and it does. It kind of makes you think, what about Henry Davis? What about O'Neill Cruz? What about Nick Gonzalez even? I was all right. All these guys gone? If so, did we make the right? Uh, we're not going down that route. <laughs> did we put the money in the right place? Um, these are all questions, but, but those are questions for another day. Right now, what you should be looking at is who's the best player. And I think that's what Sherrington looks at. I don't think he looks at how soon can these guys be here. If you want to talk about Wyatt Langford being a fit for power, well, how do you know that? Once again, he's not here till 25. We don't know what kind of power that team's going to have. Right. What happens if if Sawinski continues down this path and he's a 40-homer guy or in, in, in 25? And and. Let's throw way things out there, right? Somehow you get a first baseman hitting bombs, whether that's uh, a free agent or Mason Martin figures something out, or Malcolm Nunez hits, for <laughs> or power. Malcolm Nunez yeah. figures something out and plays first base, and you got a bunch of power, and and Brian Reynolds is a little bit, you know, he's hitting that thirty-one power time. We just mm -hmm. talked about before we started. Adam Frazier has a career high home run, career high total in home runs of ten. He's thirty one. That's his career high. Did it twice. He's already there. Yeah. 
So you start to get to that 30, 31, and you start popping the ball out a little bit more. Yeah. Reynolds could be that kind of guy. Yeah, I could see that. Um, All I'm saying is Henry Davis, O'Neal Cruz, all of a sudden this team does have power. Yeah. Then do you really need – you don't draft in in this year – for a need that you have this year because you don't know what your needs are going to be when he's actually ready two years from now, a year right. and a half from now. You're talking a 1-1. I mean, Henry Davis got here very quick, and both Cruz and Langford project to get here quick as well. So yeah. when I say 25, that's quick. Oh, yeah. That's very sure. quick. So you can't you can't draft based on what your needs are right now. Whether that's starting pitching, center field, or a power bat, you can't do yeah, this it. Ain't, this ain't football. No. So then the last guy we talk about is Max Clark, and and the the question that you would have there is, do you pick a guy, um, that maybe still has a lot to prove? Do you pick a guy if if you are thinking window, are you kind of picking a guy who's not going to be here until after the window? You know what I mean. So then if you if right. you, if you're more of a window guy then you feel like these guys could help you in a run in 25, 26, where Max Clark probably won't be here yet. You're, you know, you're further down the road for him, maybe 27, 26, 27. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Realistically, Royce, we talked about Royce Lewis. It took him four years. That's, you know, a 1-1 from high school. You're going to look at four years. Yeah. Um. So anyway, it's, those are really interesting takes. We got a lot of them. So... I go back to it because I know that we kind of question. We've done positives, we've done negatives. Let's do two more things. Let's wrap this thing up. Um, who's who's your pick? If yet now, granted, I feel the same as you. I think any of these four guys, and maybe this other guy too, that we didn't really Walker, whatever, that we didn't look into because apparently he's legit too. And mm-hmm. I just, you know, that's on me. I just didn't get a chance to really to see it. I was not sold on Max Clark either. Uh, to me, it was one of these three college guys, and then I and then I saw more about Max Clark, and I really just don't think I'd be upset if that was the pick. Yeah, I don't think I go to Max Clark. I don't think I draft Max Clark, and you. I think maybe you said you maybe you might be leaning that way. I, I might be leaning that way actually because I don't. I think it's because I'm not rooting for a window. I'm rooting for waves. This franchise to set up to be good for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And that does help that along. And if you think, I, and, and if the process, the, 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 um, the, the, the guys, uh, <laughs> experts, there we go. If the experts are saying he's the overall best player, then why is that not the guy that you were looking to draft? Right. If he is in fact the best player, then that's the guy I want. But yeah. man, is it hard to argue against that pitcher? Yeah, and, and so that's that's where I was going to say next is I'm kind of leaning towards Skeens or Clark. <laughs> it's so crazy, because, right? Because if you, I mean, where are we going to get a pitcher that this is, is this talented other than the draft? Well, where are you going to get a center fielder? <laughs> it's right. not not much different. It's not, but I think that you could get a center fielder. Easier than you can get a top of the line starter. You could get a center field if if all of our guys that are here right now, plus one or two, you know, yeah, end up progressing. You can have a you can like you said you can go get a center fielder, maybe a, a little bit more of a veteran guy that's you know not at the end of his career, but Jake can you handle could, the position. You could make a case that this team's a first baseman and an outfielder away from being the team that will push for the playoffs. Starter-wise, maybe not the bench rolls, but you could see Hayes, Cruz, Gonzalez, and a first baseman, and Sawinski, a center fielder, and Reynolds with Davis and Andy behind the plate. Like that's actually a legitimate. You could oh, argue yeah. that that is the team that will push for the playoffs with McCutcheon as a DH. Maybe unless that's twenty five and he's maybe not there, even you know what I'm saying. Like, you could make a case that that is part of the team that could make a playoff push in twenty five, like a legitimate division winning playoff push if the pitching comes around. That you're only the, like a couple positions away. 
Yeah, I mean, but, but and you're not and, and natural progression. Right yeah, but right, and you know what I'm saying. Like I'm just saying, offensively, offensively, yes. You're you're literally like you could be just two guys away. Yeah, and if you could go out and get a center fielder, even if it's a center fielder who's on like the last year and a half of his contract of the rookie status, who's good, the the team's just struggling, and they're uh, gonna get rid of him. Now it'd be hard to get. Now you're gonna have to get rid of somebody, but you you can't blow up your whole franchise to get that. You Pir- know, Pirates but, game right but, now is Mason Martin in his last nine games with a one one two OPS and four home runs in his last nine games. Look at that. <laughs> it's hilarious. Anyway, we do need to keep moving, so let's do it. Uh, you're on the clock. It's we've already said you're not making a wrong decision. Who do you pick? Max Clark. All right. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm picking Skeens right now. Uh, I I will regret that. I really like Max Clark too, and I like Dylan Cruz. I think I pass on Langford right now. I either go Cruz and give him all the money, or I go Skeens. Uh, but certainly, I think if it was my board, it's one and one A, Cruz and Skeens. I don't have a preference. Max Clark is two, and Langford's three on my like. Those are my decisions. Yeah. Um, all right, who do the Pirates pick? <laughs> Skeens. You think they go Skeens? I think they do. I would not be surprised if it's Max Clark. I think it's Skeens as well. <laughs> I think it's Skeens as well. I just don't care. I just want the draft to be over. I, think so. I, I do. Get. I just want to be excited about who we got. But I'm yeah. telling you guys right now, if it's Max Clark, they did not screw this thing up. No. And all of the cases that you want to make for any of these four players are a good case. For yeah. me, I think Langford is not my 1-1 because I don't think he's played enough center field to show me that he can. And right now, we've got a, a left fielder locked in, and I really, I still, I'm a believer in Jack Sawinski, and, yeah. I, don't, and I don't believe that Jack Sawinski is a long-term center fielder. Um, so... If it's if it's Dylan Cruz for me, it's because he can play center field, and I'll sacrifice a little bit of that power. Otherwise, I I really do like that one two punch of Tamar Johnson and Max Clark down the road. Yeah, I really do. Um, but yeah, I think Paul Skeens is the pick, but pitchers are dangerous. Yep. I don't know, man. This is hilariously hard. It is. It's it's a good it's a good problem to have. It's a good uh, predicament to be in. But it's man, does it make it tough? It, I, I'm just I'm just gonna say, I'm not gonna give them a hard time about whatever choice they make. No, and that's the thing. This is an impossible decision. Whatever choice they make, we have to remember this. They've done more homework than we have. Mm-hmm. They've spoke to these kids. Mm-hmm. They've talked to their parents. They've talked to the to the agents. Assuming. Yeah. So, no matter what, I trust that whatever decision they make in the moment will be just fine. Yeah. Now, what happens after that is a completely new ballgame. And if you don't believe in the development plan that they have in, then you're definitely picking Cruz or Skeens. Right. Don't go after a high school guy if you don't believe in the development program. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, that's interesting, too. All right. This has been a fun one. It probably, I don't really know how long we went because we did have that big break when you lost internet and my timer just ran the whole time. I never actually paused it. I'll edit it later. So I think we're real close to our hour here. We're not going to talk about the upcoming series of the Diamondbacks. You guys know how it is. They're playing really well. Corbin Carroll's a special guy. Um, But hopefully we go into Arizona and, and I think we're playing well in LA. Keep playing well. You might not come out on top, but we're talking about two really good teams. Yeah. So, um, Sunday, can we record during the draft? You think we can make that happen? I don't know because I don't know my work schedule yet. Okay. All right. All right, we'll see. Uh, But next time we talk to you guys, we'll be able to talk about who the Pirates picked 1-1. We'll be able to have that discussion. I will not record before that pick. I will tell you that, Jake. You know what? I work from noon to 8 o'clock p.m. So, What time's the draft? I don't know. That's a good question. 
7 p.m. Eastern. Oh, no. Yeah, I work till 7 Central. Till 7 Central, so no. So 8. All right. Well, maybe I will uh, press record and record my reaction to that and then bring you in for your reaction. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. All right, guys, yeah. that's all we have for this week. I need to start hitting some music and getting us out of here. Yeah. Uh, contacts are driving me nuts. I need to get them out. 1-1. One, one. You know what? I also, I might have something else to talk about Sunday. I might not. All right, guys. Enjoy your weekend. Nice cliffhanger. Nice cliffhanger. It's a cliffhanger. You got to come back for Monday. <laughs> I mean, you will anyway, because the Pirates are about to draft 1-1. One, one. Yeah. Let's, Let's go, go Bucks. Bucks. Thanks for listening to my dad and Uncle Jake on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. Clear the deck, cannonball coming, and let's go, Bucks! <laughs>